Welcome to A Listening Life, the podcast for coaches who are finding it really hard work to build a sustainable, profitable business full of clients. I'm Ali King-Smith, sharing inspiration, stories and lessons learned from some of my successful peers and colleagues who've managed to crack the code and break through. Today's conversation is with the very warm and wonderful Joe Wright, who's CEO at Coaching Culture in the UK. It is about marketing and don't let anybody say that it's not because it is. You have to have a voice, you have to have a passion. This is about getting out there and making a difference. This is about helping others. This is about other people. And on the back of that, you will grow. As coaches, we are brilliant at helping others with their belief. We have to take our own medicine because it is about mindset. It is about believing you can do it. A Listening Life is a business dedicated to helping coaches who are tired of trying to grow their business into something that makes them happy and brings in the money. Podcasts, events, mentoring and courses. Find us on Instagram at A Listening Life and through the website listening-life.co.uk. Today's conversation is with the very warm and wonderful Jo Wright, who's CEO at Coaching Culture in the UK, where she's been on a compelling journey building an organisation with her co-founder, Adam Cara, since 2017. When I first asked Jo to join me on A Listening Life, she wanted to pre-warn me that she's not a freelance coach now, she's a business owner, and would she be relevant to the audience? It was an adamant yes, please, from me, because my greatest wish for coaches listening to this podcast is that they hear true stories of real accessible people who don't have superpowers, shortcuts or fairy dust, but have just taken the big steps and brave decisions that are available to us all in order to build a sustainable business. So this is Joe Wright from Coaching Culture and me, Ali King-Smith, meeting in July 2022 to discuss ways she's managed to build a listening life for herself and her fast-growing team. Join me, if you will, stepping into the time capsule, moving back in time to the moment when you started to realise, actually, this is a thing. I could pay my mortgage with this thing. It's a business. What was going on then? Well, obviously, for for us at Coaching Culture, um, we launched um, a, a product and um, what we would consider a minimum viable product to get out there and started realising you know, we were getting great feedback, people were paying us for the solution. And so that was, obviously, I'm part of coaching culture as opposed to a freelance coach. So it it was just the feedback we started getting and actually the drive, the fuel really to keep on going. And and we knew we'd landed on something very special in our, certainly in our first part of our We've got a platform now, but at the time it was one product and, and we kept moving, moving. But before that, before the, the product started selling, we actually had already thrown out a magazine for free. Yeah. And the very first, you know, the very first time we sent it out, it went out to 200 people and we were sat on the floor stuffing envelopes, handwriting <laughs> them. And the fact that 200 people raised their hand to say, we're interested in this, made us realize there's something special Mm. people are wanting to build a coaching culture how do we best support them to to get this out to the masses so it's obviously a very different model to a freelance coach but but I can tell you know that is me going back in time to when you realize yeah we've landed on something here yeah fascinating so tell me about that then so there was Joe and then there was a coaching course and then there was some coaching and then there was this big step into something different so tell me about that sort of story whoa well um 
<laughs> so I'd be, I'd always been a leader and manager that coached didn't always know that's what I was doing. I remember the moments when I felt that I was coaching. I had some real critical career light bulb moments by failing and then actually asking better questions and seeing mm. the impact or not giving somebody feedback until the year end appraisal <laughs> and getting the in the moment feedback on that as well and how <laughs> shocking it was. So I don't, and then I realized the power of coaching and, and it wasn't through any fancy coaching courses that I did as a, as a manager. But I always, the biggest moment for me was when I was part of a change program in a big corporate. And I realized that actually coaching conversations and winning hearts and minds and listening to people, um, you know, really buy into things. Yeah. It was all about the art of conversation two way. And I knew it was coaching that was doing it. So I knew I wanted to go and do a professional qualification. That was not in question. It was when I was going to do it and how yeah. could I find the money to do it? So at um, that stage, you were thinking, I'll become a better coach in my role here and I'll do some more coaching training to do that. Well, there was a couple of things bubbling around in my mind. One, could I go self-employed? Yeah. Um, and, and it was more about I was in the learning and development arena at the time. And it was more that I was paying people really good money to deliver workshops. And I remember thinking I could I do, could this. do this, fact, yeah. I probably, I actually arrogantly thought I could do this better. Sure. So um, and I started looking at the rates that they were charging. I thought, I could be earning a whole lot more money here and actually working a whole lot less. Um, so that was kind of workshops facilitation. But I also knew coaching had to be part of what I was going to be about. So whether it was in role or actually self-employed, so that it was all coming together in my head somehow. And it went on for, for a number of years, actually. Um, and I did go off and do my qualification um, which for me, I will always describe it as life changing, as yeah. I know a lot of people feel that. And it was the life changing experience of the coaching qualification, Ali, that really made me realize something's very, something was even more special about coaching than I'd ever really realized. Mm -hmm. And actually, rather than me wanting to go out and just be a freelance coach, um, I actually said, this has got to go out to the masses. We have to get this out. This is so powerful. It only feels that execs and leadership teams are getting the benefit of freelance right. coaching conversations. How do we make this scalable? Yes. It, it, you know, and I felt that there was lots of freelance coaches out there, including myself, sprinkling fairy dust on individuals when actually there's a whole world that we could go after to make a difference. So it was quite a yes. big, a big ambition, but it was a desire to make a difference because I felt, you know, if I was having such life changing moments in my mid forties, why weren't other people and could I have had them earlier in my career and therefore so could other people? Yeah. So it was it was that kind of realisation. That's really interesting though. When you think about the people who might be listening to this podcast, the people who yeah. are kind of, you know, how am I going to really yeah. get going with this coaching? Sounds like there was a voice talking to you already, which is let's get this to more people. Let's build coaching in a way that we can democratise it or we can get it to more people. It wasn't I want to be an individual coach to an individual leader even at that stage is that right? it was because I felt so passionate about it the passion inside me yeah. it felt criminal that actually it was only a few people who were getting the power and the benefit of freelance coaching conversations it was reserved for a, as a either an absolute luxury item or the opposite end it was seen as some remedial sort of we need to sort this out we need to bring an sure. external coaching and solve our problems and actually it was like no, there's a whole lot of people in between here who should be benefiting because coaching is so amazing. 
it was that and I it, it felt I just felt such a burning passion about yeah. something needs to be done differently so real purpose-led thinking now yeah. sort of how am I going to make this happen so what were the steps then to okay so I've had this thinking begin of I'd like to change the world through coaching and now what happened and it wasn't an I it was actually a we so I'd already at this point got chatting to my now business partner and we were having a world putting to rights conversation so it was it was <laughs> in those moments he was really coaching me he was already um, running his own business as a CEO and it was a tech business and I was you know kind of on my coaching's amazing soapbox and it should be out to the world (laughs) but how on earth do we do that and he just sat there really quiet he's the entrepreneur and he just went well can it be done digitally and I don't mean virtually I mean digitally so through a tech platform and I was just about to say absolutely not this is a human to human conversation (laughs) I thought about it and I thought actually something could be done digitally that's powerful that can make a difference yeah yes is the answer and that was the moment so it was definitely a we and he's got the technical wizardry and I've got the people coaching side and it was the collaboration of the two that has actually created something really magical yeah well nice so I'd love to explore that partnership a wee bit if you're happy to go there definitely it's such a fraught area I mean I've had experience myself of building um, a business with someone and and all the joy and the difficulty that comes with that it's hard to find the right person it's hard to trust it's hard to build it even as coaches we we are the kings and queens of contracting and still it's hard so how did you how are you making that great because I've heard you just mention him all the time as if it's kind of obviously part of the parcel so there's something really working there I call him the wizard behind the curtain, whereas I'm more the <laughs> face face in front of the curtain, really, because I'm the one who, you know, I could talk all day, every day about the power of coaching conversations and the difference it can make. And, you know, that passion is within me so much, whereas my business partner's passion is he's absolutely all about organisational development, always has been, always about how we, can we help organisations, how can we help people grow Mm. but he does it through technology which is brilliant so how do we make it work oh crikey we are absolutely chalk and cheese I say we create magic and mayhem Um, (laughs) and it's the magic that really is the visible side the mayhem is kind of some of our discussions and conversations to get to the magic really because we are so 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 different we couldn't be more polar opposite I've never worked with anybody so so fundamentally different um but thinks so brilliantly has got such a brilliant imagination a brilliant uh, way of problem solving a brilliant way of navigating through things um very logical and very data driven whereas I'm very heart and very intuition so we are so opposite but actually that's what's working and, and it, it's been a real it's been a real learning it's been it's been challenging for both of us yeah. but we're still creating something magic because we've both got the, the the vision and the dream to the difference that we're going to be making and 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 we've got that in our team as well here at coaching culture so did you get help with that when you came together as a pair or did you just start throwing the track down in front of the train how did you build yeah. a partnership <laughs> just through conversations and building yeah. trust 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 develop really quickly really quickly and I think to the point now you know the sort of trust you've only really got with your siblings Mm. it's kind of that it's such a partnership where we can say whatever we want no matter what that is and I think that level of of trust and honesty really helps us 
Um, and it's not easy. It's absolutely not easy. It's like, um, well, like marriage is nice and relaxing. Isn't it? <laughs> oh, it's, it's really it's hard so. building a business with somebody, you know, yes. because building a business is challenging, but it's also amazing. Yes. It's, it's, it's really, it's like this bizarre weighing scales. It's this, it's highs, it's lows, it's highs, it's lows. But all the time, our purpose behind what we're doing binds us very much together. Yes. So I imagine there are lots of coaches early in their journey with an idea, with a thought of someone they could build it with. So, um, so what's the magic source that turns those big thoughts into, right, we're going to actually make this happen? What were the early steps to, yeah. come on then, let's make it real? Unwavering belief. Mm. Number one, somebody told me early on into my journey of going self-employed, obviously that's now moved into building really quite a a lovely business. You'll have your wobble days. And I'm always here if you as part of your wobbleometer, you know, you'll have your wobble days. And for me, particularly with coaching culture, I just don't have the wobble days. The wobble days don't happen because Mm -hmm. the, the belief and the drive behind that unwavering belief in myself, my business partner, the team, the the very thing we're creating just keeps driving. So for me, it's unwavering belief. And as coaches, we are brilliant at helping others with their belief. We have to take our own medicine. We have to either get a coach or self-coach or both because it is about mindset. It is about believing you can do it. And then asking yourself the right questions to come up with the right answers to figure it out. Because we're very passionate here at coaching culture that everything is solvable it's just how yes it's just how so it's having that growth mindset that is just unlimited asking yourself the right questions to to, to figure out the answers how to do it with the most ease without the wheels wobbling and it is about that it's kind of often thinking what are the you know what are the what's the lowest and some people hate this phrase but what are the lowest hanging through what are the the smallest things you can do that will have the biggest impact yes you know folks absolutely it's focusing on and it is about marketing and don't let anybody say that it's not because it is you know I get people ringing me saying oh how have you done it and I'll say and how active are you on LinkedIn and they'll go oh I'm really not (laughs) I like to watch LinkedIn I'm like well that's not helpful you have to have a voice you have to have a a passion and unless you just want to be in your local community coaching this is about getting out there and and making a difference yeah, let's talk about that a bit because I've got quite a strong view about, um, I, I think I'm rather ungenerous in my patience with new freelancers who say, but I hate marketing and I don't like getting out there. And I'm just like, well, how are you going to do it then, mate? Because you're not going to get out there. You're going to have to either learn how to do it or get someone else to do it with you or for you. That is going to have to happen somehow. So I'd love to explore that with you. So if we hear Oh, dozens of coaches who say, I hate social media. I, I don't want to put myself out there. What would your advice be to them? Well, would I give them advice? I would probably just say, well, you will be invisible then. You, This is the way we do things now. You cannot hide from it. You know, we don't have the yellow pages anymore where we can go down mm-hmm. and ring everybody on the telephone. It's not like that. It's You will be invisible. And, and often I you just say to LinkedIn for me, the biggest advice is, 
just have a go. Start yeah. liking people's posts, start commenting, start getting a little bit of voice out there and then start adding opinions and, you know, giving your perspective because you'll have them. We've all got a voice. Yes. Share them. And one of the greatest books I read, even though I read it possibly later because I'd already felt the fear, it was feel the fear and do it anyway. Yeah. You know, even last night I was reading a post saying some people aren't putting posts out on LinkedIn because they're frightened of what former colleagues would think. Mm. Don't care. Get it <laughs> out there. What's, and I, I found on you find your tribe on social media. You attract who you want. And the people who you don't want to attract, you're not attracting them. They're no. not coming to you. They're not commenting. They're not like, they may be watching on with envy yes. because they're not doing a post. I had somebody who used to criticize my post a lot and he always made himself look look unkind. Yes. And I used to think, you're making yourself look really daft here. If that's what you want as your personal brand, fine, yes. crack on. But that's, you're not my tribe. And he's piped down and disappeared now. <laughs> yeah, you have to put a lot of faith, I think, in the people that you care about will care about you yeah. too. And it'll be, it'll go okay. I mean, I've made some mistakes over the years. I think I offended a couple of people by you know, having a view. But you start to realise what is okay to to own yeah. on, online and what isn't. But you've got to make some mistakes somehow. Definitely. And I think, um, so I know what my mistakes were really early on. I would try and tell everybody what we were doing at coaching culture and like oh look at our product and people are like what are you telling me that for and I'm like oh I, I thought I was I thought I was helping you I've got it's a problem exciting. I've got a solution here to share with you um, whereas I do a lot less of that now I do some because sometimes it's really appropriate too and actually we are here to solve people's problems we have got the right solutions and social media should be a support outlet for that but actually I think you know you can do that more when you've when you've built your own trust and you've built your own trust with the people who are following you. Um, and that's what it's about. And I do think, you know, it's, it's fine to have a, a counter argument. It's not all just about, you know, um, agreeing with people all the time or, but, and it is good to have a counter argument as long as it's delivered in the right way, as long yes. as it's, it's done in the, a kind way and, and, and carefully considered rather than looking like you're pulling down the person who's actually made the effort to post it in the first place, which I think is, and, and I think, you know, I say to people, just be yourself, just yeah. be yourself. You will find your tribe through that. Yes, people will like it or they won't like it. Yeah, exactly. I always say to coaches, coach then, ask a question. Just reflect yeah. on something. Just wonder and be curious. Put it out there and see. Somebody else might have a an idea that might get the conversation going. You don't have to know anything <laughs> to post you on LinkedIn. <laughs> absolutely. And, and I often reflect on LinkedIn back what's been going on in my day. So I story tell yes. because I think there's always rich pickings of learnings in my experiences because everybody has them every single day. We're, you know, for me, I'm 50 now, but every day still feels like a school day. In fact, sure. it's getting even more like a school day. Yeah. So it's about sharing that people can take from it or they don't take from it. You know, I just feel LinkedIn for me is a fabulous platform to learn from other people. It's like a giant classroom yes. with so many rich, diverse thoughts out there. You know, people commenting from America. I couldn't be sat with them next to me here having that conversation. It's, I just think LinkedIn is phenomenal. And I've only really got used to using it you know since I've been doing coaching culture yes um, and I I love it 
before that, did you have some sales and marketing of any sort in your career on your CV or have you acquired it as you've gone? So I have. I've got a real breadth of, of learnings. So marketing was quite early on in my career in drinks. So I was in drinks marketing. Sales, drinks again. So FMCG sellings. And then I became a sales trainer. Mm. So I do know about sales and marketing. Yeah. Um, and I remember when I decided I was doing my coaching qualification, I rang up the qualification organization and said, will this be able to help me set up my own business? And they went, well, that's really about the sales and marketing side. And, and it really is. The power is in marketing. And I think a lot of freelance coaches are really fearful of selling. And I don't think, I think we have to reframe it from the word selling, yes. which seems to ca- have negative connotations. And this is about helping people with their problems and their areas to support them this is about helping others that's what freelance coaches are all about helping others be the best they can be and actually if you don't tell people what you're doing I see it as you're withholding your value you're withholding what you could offer others this is about other people and on the back of that you will grow Someone said to me a little while ago, it's like you've got the key to somebody's cupboard to unlock yeah. all the things they need in your pocket. So if you, you don't do. get your key out, they can't open their cupboard. <laughs> so just offer them the key and see. <laughs> Absolutely. And I see it as, you know, if you put it about other people all the time, if you make it about others, the business will grow. Yes. It's about service to others. It's about value to others. Your business will grow. Yeah. Fact. But if you're withholding that service and not telling people about it, your business won't grow. I mean, that would be a lovely takeaway. If people take just one thing away from this conversation, it's that you've got something clever that will help somebody unlock a difficulty. So maybe offer it. (laughs) Definitely. And it's a gift and it's a passion and and it's get it out there. Feel the fear and do it anyway. It's that. Read that book. And it's all about, you know, what's the worst that can happen? Somebody's not going to knock on your door and punch you in your face because of a post you've put out on LinkedIn. <laughs> I don't like what? your product, yeah. <laughs> Bang, what, what is the very worst? You might lose a follower, but you yes. might gain 50. Yeah, and actually losing the wrong follower is a good thing. They're the, off the go and make Definitely. Room for, it's right about thing. belief and confidence and passion to make a difference in the world will help get over those barriers. Yes. One of the things I've loved a lot about reading about coaching culture over the time that you've been doing, because I've been following your journey. That's I why I got in contact <laughs> with you. So I um, I think a lot and talk a lot to people about niching and whether yeah. having a niche is helpful or not. For me, it has been really, really helpful. But yeah. I align it in my thinking with purpose and clarity. So your yeah. clarity around this is what we offer and this is who it's for feels nichey to me. It is a niche, but it's not yeah. it's not a defined it's not a tool is it it's a real purpose-led heart-led reason for existing what are your thoughts for for newbies about starting to identify their own purpose niche whatever you want to call it people say I don't know where to start I think as an out and out newbie just do something I think once you start in the niche category to start with, and this is only my opinion, you could be narrowing yourself down into a little, little area. I think go with the flow, take every opportunity, follow every conversation, 
And I think the niche will come from that. I think you've got to have a go and then it will start becoming clear as you start having more conversations, more opportunities. Whereas I think if you sit there in a darkened room thinking, oh, (laughs) what's my niche? What's my niche? I think that will make it really hard. I think, you know what, just open yourself up to the world of opportunities that are out there. And I think the niche will will follow. Yes. And maybe listening to the voices in your head at the same time, because you already had a voice saying, get it to more people, find a way to coach more, more humans. And it was through a conversation though. It was a coaching conversation with my now business partner. He was coaching me. If he had not asked me the question, I don't think that voice would have come really out loud. I suddenly just sort of got really passionate about it. And I was like, And, and it was like, oh, there it is. I've just said that, you know, I'd not been sat thinking about it. It was just this is how I feel, and you know, and this, there's something in this, and it was the right conversation at the right time. Yes, and it builds, doesn't it? When I think about how yep. our niche has become STEM, and certainly biotech and scale up, tech scale up, they've come from coaching teams, and then you find we brought something to that team that was better than what we brought to a different team, and you yep. think we'll do more of that, and it, you can't just magic it out of your hat, but you can start to follow a flow, I think, can't you? Yes, you're definitely right. There's something here in your heart, mm. and it's about being your true self, but also once you're starting to get clearer, then the, you really need to get clear on the marketing and the plan, and you know, it starts becoming your, it's a, it's a sort of a, a building this business is like a giant jigsaw puzzle yes. and and it'll start with one or two pieces but then it starts fleshing out more and more you do need an overall business acumen it's you know I would hate to think people have got this romantic image that they just sort of like flow around from beautiful conversation to beautiful conversation <laughs> and that's and it all everything happens magically around you've got to do it all yes you are you are jack of all trades master of all of them and it's figuring out which ones are important at the at the right time yes and I know when I first approached you about coming on you said but I'm not a freelance coach I'm not really doing that but that there will be people in the position that you are in and I'm in now of actually I would like to build something I'd like to build a business yeah. with this so where did that come from did you did you know quite early I would like to lead a business or or did the idea lead to a business needing to be built no, it was a conversation with my business partner. He really yeah. challenged my thinking more than anything because I will, I was, um, you know, I was striving for freedom and flexibility yeah. um, and all these great things. And he got chatting about kind of my future and the vision. And, you know, if you're going to do, you know, if you've got this great vision, probably need to think about building a business to to get to to realize that vision otherwise that's going to be you're going to be running around on your own you know doing the best you can (laughs) as a single person there doing this um so it was my business partner that really challenged and and he'd already been running a business because I'd obviously worked within businesses and but working within a business and actually then starting one from scratch and running it yourself and then building and building and building it was very very different I've learned more in the last five years than I think I have done in in 25 yes yeah, so he helped you. Which I love business. learning. I love learning. And and the thing I do love is people and, and, and kind mm. of, you know, knowing the ingredients that make a really successful business and then replicating it here in our own team. Yes. And business, which is so, fabulous. What was your first step? Who did you take on first? What did who did you bring in? Oh, that's a that's an interesting question. My husband was the first uh, <laughs> was the first employee. He's not anymore. That that was a that was 
just for a short time. Just that was a learning. <laughs> that was a learning how suddenly your business becomes 24 seven. Um, <laughs> so actually we, we, we outsourced things first. Yeah. So it wasn't, you know, it, we literally went to a local uh, design agency to get all our branding sorted. Mm. So we outsourced things first. We got somebody outsourced to set up to do the tech. So it still was to us for quite some time. And then actually we realized that we really need somebody to come and help business develop and sell for us because we were getting too much interest. We were running around then doing all of this. So he came in and he really did a great job and got us off the ground, to be fair, in terms of our first, you know, good number of customers. And it it was proving the concept Mm. at a, at a lower risk, if that makes sense. Because if the concept hadn't have worked, you know, we had to figure again, but we weren't then putting anybody else's jobs or career yes. on the line. Um, and then one of the people in our design agency that we were using went um, freelance and then decided actually she'd quite fancy come to work for us. So she joined <laughs> us. So we've definitely attracted some of our the earlier people who they were freelancers. They've now come in-house, even our copywriter. And so we've definitely attracted um, people Yes. to what we're doing because we you know we people know we're doing something very special yeah you obviously got a great energy you have to be careful talking to joe right if you're not careful you end up being a business partner marrying her, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> going to work for her. Yeah. No, don't say that don't say that no that's great yeah so i think we followed a fairly similar journey building and i think i had it in my head i will build a yeah. freelance team we'll stay a freelance team yeah. but but uh, there comes a point when actually there's something magical about the energy being on the inside and, and starting to employ and, and grow that way it's uh, there it's is scale. definitely something different and mm. it's really there was a moment in time when we just suddenly looked around and thought, we've really got a business here. Yeah. We've now got, you know, we had our office. Our first office was a mm. little, uh, practically, well, the first one was a kitchen table. Um, and I have visions one day that, you know, like the start of Amazon and the start of other things where you see them in the garage or, yes. or they're shared or. Yeah. I want that to be coaching. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I want that to be coaching culture, you know, black and white picture. Um, <laughs> whereas the first office was like, a two two roomed office practically you know it was it was definitely larger than a cupboard but not much (laughs) Um, and we squashed quite a few of us in there and we were above a dry cleaners in our local village and we used to just get distracted we'd go off to the pub at like three o'clock we were right in the village center we'd all go oh it's been a really tough day let's all go to the pub (laughs) and it was like the most easy setup of a business ever nice and then we just started growing and growing and then we were like we we can't fit in here anymore we can't we cannot no longer um survive above a dry cleaner so we've now been in this current building which is which is fabulous for well we moved in a month before lockdown which was quite interesting timing um suddenly committing to a three-year deal on a big office and then suddenly Boris tells us that yeah, we've got to work can't from use home. It. Like, thanks for that Boris um but anyway so we've been in this fabulous building so this is our podcast um room we're a converted chapel we've got a fabulous it's got a really nice vibe we've got a huge main room and then we've nice. got a boardroom but that's just kind of a meeting room we're thinking about maybe repurposing that and doing something very different with it um so we've got a lovely a lovely office now and we've got ambitions again to to go bigger and bigger but for now we're, we're happy here yeah fantastic well congratulations joe it's an awesome achievement <laughs> i'm i'm always fascinated by people who just set up a business without any drama they just 
start a shop or they just start a business because yeah. my my environment was my mum worked for NHS all her life my dad yeah. was ICI all his life for yeah. me it was a massive deal to be the first self-employed person in the family and I had to deal with a whole load of crap with my coach yeah, yeah. to try and it still comes up sometimes this all these stories about how unsafe and scary self-employment is when actually it isn't if you do it right and um, I'd love to just hear about your scripts your belief system your what, what was your relationship with self-employment running businesses it's really interesting I think my experience actually also perhaps fully didn't drive oh, there's probably a conflict here somewhere so my mum as long as I knew her was employed um, sorry my mum passed away when I was 17 so as long as I knew her uh, was um always employed by others yeah. and so was my dad and they worked really really hard in kind of a very working class background blue collar environment however <laughs> however my mum's mum had always run her own cafes mm. always and my mum used to work in them I always remember every time the weekly newspaper from our local town landed on the doormat she would be trawling through it to see if there was any little businesses that she could go oh. and buy and and it was mainly sandwich shops or cafe yes. that kind of thing because that's what her mum had done and she'd had a really successful she'd had two really successful cafes um one was um on um the, the local town market where you know everybody was piling the football, in there yeah. it was really great food and so so my mum was always looking but she never made that next step mm. so it was kind of a constant desire but never did uh. It was constant all throughout my childhood. Yes. It was literally like every week there was a she new a discussion yeah. and she was off looking for things and it never came to fruition. But what I did grow up was in a family, they worked really hard, really long hours, and they did work for other people. So it, it was always my journey. I'd always wanted to go to university. So that was the very first one to go to university in the family. And I'd always want to then get a, a you know a job in a big blue chip organization yeah. because job that's job. what everybody was doing. Yeah. And I and I did that and I stayed for way too long. And it was only till I got into my mid thirties and late thirties that I started thinking, I'm not sure this is m meeting who I am anymore. I'm, my values are starting to get a bit rattled by some of the behaviours mm. here. I think I and it was only when I started, like I said, seeing other people. You know, I was paying them to do something that I I could do better, um, and I'm definitely not got. I'm not arrogant at all, but I genuinely thought I could do this better. Sure, I could do this too, and it was only till my late thirties I started thinking I could do this, um, and then it just became overwhelming. The generational dream passed oh. to you, it was and you. my my husband was full of fear, and he mm. kept, I I say that he threw metaphorical pebbles at me to wobble me a bit, <laughs> but but as he did that my inner resolve just became I, I, I always felt like I had like this sort of a steel thin rod in and he was like throwing them at them and, and he'd hate me for saying it but he did because he was used to me having great jobs in the great corporate yes. world and suddenly I was going to totally rock our putting it all at risk yeah. yeah totally and there was a huge amount of fear there but but the more he sort of challenged, the more that my, that my the steel thin rod became a girder. It was like, literally, I'm going to do this. And, yeah. and I remember thinking, I would rather get to 60 and have, have tried and failed than not tried at all. Yeah. You know, my mum didn't try and she passed away at the age of 44. And for me, that was not acceptable. No. I was not, I would rather have tried and failed and gone again and gone. What for me, the worst 
case was going to go and get another job. Yes. So it wasn't a bad place to be. It it wasn't a bad place to go and have a try. And, 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 you know, I've never looked back since. How interesting. Oh, she'll be looking from wherever. (laughs) She will. She absolutely will. And I often talk about, about this in my story. My mum passed away at 44. My life transformed at 44. And I just don't believe there's any coincidence in there at all. That is, I was, I didn't believe I was even going to be alive beyond 44. And it was a very subconscious belief. Yes. And it was a ridiculous belief, but nonetheless, it was there. And then I did my coaching qualification at 44. And, mm-hmm. and my limiting belief just went right out of just the window. Yeah. It just went and, and, and everything transformed. And here I am at 50. A huge thank you to Joe, who was, as always, on sparkling form, open and happy to explore. I could have talked all day, and maybe one day Joe will be able to talk again about the million other topics that we didn't get to today. I'll put the link to Coaching Culture in the show notes on the website. When I had a look myself, I was struck by the video and content library and wondered about whether I could offer any of that to my own clients. Speaking to Joe, it's clear that yes, there is a real opportunity for coaches to use the materials with their own clients, either by introduction or some form of affiliate agreement. I don't know all the details, but I definitely recommend having a look. And if you work with corporate clients, give them a team a call. All power to you at Coaching Culture and good luck with the next phase of your journey, Joe. You're inspiring industry as you work, so congratulations on finding your flow. My huge thanks to producer Steve Folland and to Lauren Hills and HQ. A Listening Life is a business dedicated to helping coaches who are tired of trying to grow their business into something that makes them happy and brings in the money. Podcasts, events, mentoring and courses. Find us on Instagram at A Listening Life and through the website listening-life.co.uk. 